Hey y'all, you're listening to Naptime Investigations, a true crime podcast. What we're about to discuss is likely disturbing and contains mature content with the use of adult language and the occasional mom joke. Listener discretion is advised. You've tuned in on our favorite day of the month, Serial Killer Sunday. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Taylor. We're just a couple of internet mom friends who like to talk about true crime and conspiracies when we can get our children to sleep. So sit back and relax because we're about to jump in to our Serial Killer of the Month. Okay, so I'm very excited for this week's Serial Killer Sunday. It feels like every time we do one of these, like, it feels so much further from the last one. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, oh my god, we haven't done this in forever. And then, like, it was See, only, like a month ago. I don't feel that way because mine was the last one, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think but the next time you're going to be like, oh my god. Probably. Because I'm already thinking, like, uh, I need to I need to start preparing. <laughs> it's just like a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I get it. For me, anyways, it feels yeah. like it's been forever. Um, I don't think we have anything that we need to address. No. No, I think we're good. Okay. Request so, your mail-in ballots, kids. The election's coming up. Big facts. Register to vote. It's important. It's all I get. That's all I got. All right. Um, so before we get into this case, I just kind of want to put out there a trigger warning as this does involve crimes against minors. So pretty, pretty graphic. So disgusting. I know zero things about this case. Really? Yeah. Oh my. You, okay. So if Paul, Paul Bernardo and Car- Carla Homolka, they don't ring a bell. I don't think so. Not off the top of my head, at least. Shut up. Seriously? This case is wild. I know. And once we started talking about, like, the, even, like, the name of it, I was, like, I really, I, I was so tempted to, like, Google. Go to the Google machine. The gigs. And, and I didn't. I, I appreciate your, your resistance to temptation. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty you're good. You're a real one. You're, you're lucky to have me. I really am. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of give a little background of, of each of them, just so that way we have a better understanding of the people. I always like to start with that just because like, especially when it comes to serial killers, we kind of see a trend of like certain pinpoint like areas within like their childhood or important developmental time. So it definitely makes sense yeah it definitely makes sense in cases like this where there's um there's more emphasis on the emphasis 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 no it's emphasis i just i always when i when (laughs) sorry i I thought you were saying that i said it like that and i was like no no it's emphasis every time i try to say it i'm like emphasis i don't know why but i feel like i heard it somewhere it's ugly and i love saying it um so yeah I don't even know what I was saying any longer oh there's such an emphasis on the perpetrator that it's intriguing to know more about them because they're definitely definitely different than a one or two time right 
perpetrators. Exactly. Exactly. And like, this case is super unique with how the turnout is. And I am so excited to talk about it. Okay, let's get into it because now I'm getting excited. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's do this. So first we're going to talk about Carla. So Carla Homolka, she was born uh, Carla Leanne Teal. I'm going to say Teal. It's T-E-A-L-E. So I'm going to say Teal. I don't think it would be Teely. I'm going to go with Teal. Yeah, I would have said Teely, but I mean, I... I don't know. I'm going to go with Teal. Negative. You're a great podcaster. I really am. Well, because she's always referred to as Carla Homolka, so... That's fine. It's fine. Just saying. Um, Anyway, so she was born May 4th, 1970 in Port Credit, Ontario. Um, She was the oldest of three children. Pretty sure it's Ontario. Ontario? What did I say? Ontario. It's Ontario. Ontario. Isn't that what I said? Or Ontario? Ontario. What the fuck? Ontario? As someone who grew up very, very, very close to the Canadian border, like, could practically throw a stone over to it. Is it fairly on- Ontario? I'm fairly certain it's Ontario, but I'm not a Canadian, eh? So. So. <laughs> close enough, though. She could probably sniff the maple leaves. Anyways, so. Ontario. She was the oldest of three children. She had two sisters, Lori and Tammy. Carla's father was a Czechoslovakian immigrant and worked as a traveling salesman. So he was gone for, for lengths of time while she was growing up. When her father was home, he did have a tendency to get a little too drunk, um, which ensued major fights between her parents. During these fights, the three girls just would like cuddle in a corner and just took comfort with being with each other and comfort each other with you know everything that's going on could you imagine having three daughters i would die i only have one and i would die yeah i mean i only have a surrogate for through you and like facts i'm already overwhelmed it's, it's overwhelming and it's it she's wild i could not imagine having three so three anybody with her. anybody with more than one you're a trooper my dude Ugh. Boys are so much easier. So much yeah. easier. Um, so Carla was also in and out of the hospital growing up due to her asthma. Just something to mention with her issues, I guess. So probably played a lot into mental issues, just in and out. I don't know. That's my guess. Because I feel like being in the hospital is stressful as a kid. Yeah. But, but I mean, also I lots was, of snacks. <laughs> I mean, I was in the hospital as a child a lot. That's right. I spent a lot of time there. Um I mean, I was on some good drugs, so. <laughs> I don't know that she was. I think she just couldn't breathe, so there was also. Probably that. not. Um, I mean, like, it's definitely, um, it's like alienating them, you know? Like, they don't right. do things that normal kids she can't do. can't be with her stuff. friends or, sure. or whatever. I or think like, that was more so where I was going with it. Yeah, it didn't probably have a lot of friends. Like, right. It was like. Didn't they, get the chance to make friends. Yeah, like, if you're not there constantly you know kids are weird yeah for sure for sure so growing up carla was very well liked although she was said to have been very bossy but also like my daughter i think you're describing me i know i was gonna say everybody likes her but like she's kind of bossy facts same carla same facts 
Although I don't relate to you because you're a sick fuck. So anyways, <laughs> um, Carla also enjoyed expressing herself through arts, uh, her love for animals. She even ended up taking up a part-time job at a pet store in her teens. I, okay. This quickly took a turn for the worst. Uh, she once threw one of her friend's hamsters out of the window, resulting in its death. How did I know this is where it was going? Right, I was going to say, there's the killing of the animal. There it is. Um, Carla began taking up an interest in crime, but not in, like, the true crime podcast type of way. More so, like, she was reading books about, like, crimes and took a more dark turn than you would anticipate. Uh, she ended up liking to scare her friends, even started eventually taking a pretty serious interest in the occult. Um, at the age of 17, while at a convention, she met Paul Bernardo. What type of convention? That I don't know, honestly. I, I'm not too sure. Sorry for the yawning, guys. She's very late. tired. It's very late. God, life is rough over here. So, my, in-laws, my in-laws have the baby, though, so, like, yeah, girl, I'm gonna sleep in. Hell yeah. Let's take some Tylenol PM. Somebody and... come here and get my kids. <laughs> I need a nap. I need a nap. Same. So, after Carla graduated high, sc- high school, I'm guessing, it just mentioned that she graduated, so I'm assuming high school. 17, uh, that would make sense. Right, right. She began working at a vet clinic. Uh, just probably not an ideal job for her no but just pin that one pin that one so now we're going gonna go into paul bernardo he was born august 27th 1964 in toronto ontario 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 he's a virgo I don't know how people. I don't know how people can do that. Just like hear their birthday, be like, "He's a Virgo," and I'm like, "Excuse me." I only know that because my father and my husband are both Virgos, and they were born (laughs) late, late August, early, early September. So, when's Chris's birthday? It was just the other day, two days ago, Wednesday, the second. Excuse me. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm the worst. I'm such a good wife. I made him. I baked him a cake from scratch his favorite cake and i made him spaghetti cake and spaghetti you know i could i could honestly top chef yep (laughs) chef is paul's parents were said to have been very successful but really really toxic as paul's father was extremely abusive to his mother um after she gave birth to her two oldest children after her two older children were born she began having an affair with an old boyfriend and fell pregnant with paul fell pregnant fell fell pregnant i i don't okay i i never got that saying i fell pregnant she like fell and was like oops that fell on on to the dick yeah i've fallen a lot of times never have i (laughs) fallen fallen pregnant. pregnant nope I became pregnant one time, and it was not because of falling. Facts. So, although it was pretty obvious who the father was, Paul's father decided to put the affair behind them, and is actually listed as the biological father on Paul's birth certificate. How is it very obvious who the father was? What does that mean? Like, they both knew who the father was. Sorry. Hello? (laughs) 
How is it obvious? Did this did this boy come out like gingery blue eyed and this guy was not gingery blue eyed or something? <laughs> Asian no. like some sort of different something, something different. Yeah. No, obvious in terms of like they were having marital issues. Sure. He had an affair and got pregnant. That is um he had an affair and got pregnant. Okay. She um, had a got affair and got sure. pregnant. This is rough, man. Honestly, I'm tired. Wow. That's that's some tough stuff. Yeah. And I I know that like if you're still married, technically you have even if you get pregnant by somebody else, like your husband would legally have to be the father or something like that. What? That's not a thing. Yeah, it is. Where? I have a friend who her and her husband separated. And like she, they like they're not together. There's no chance of them getting together. They haven't been together six months, probably six to nine months. And she's now pregnant by somebody else. And she'd been waiting months, like way before she found out for that she was pregnant. She was waiting for a divorce hearing. They went to her, her hearing. They asked her if she was pregnant, and they wouldn't give her a divorce because she was pregnant. And he's the technical husband, or the technical father of the baby, even though he's biologically not the father it's 2020 i know it's fucked up it's a fucked up world we live in god why why we should just they should take away our right to vote right now i know i'm just saying what what else we don't really have anything else anyways how do i even work straight up seriously why do i have to pay taxes for a (laughs) a place that don't even fucking like me God. Anyways, so adding to the dysfunction of the Bernardo home, in 1975, Paul's father was charged with child molestation after he fondled a young girl. Uh, it was also said that his father did molest Paul's sister as well. Of course he did. Yep. So with everything going on in this home, Paul's mother became super depressed and withdrawn and actually ended up moving down into the basement of the home to be away from everyone. Um, well, it's said that the older children really struggled with, like, the tension in the home. Paul appeared not to not be bothered by it, like, even in the slightest. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Paul ended up in an argument with his parents around age 16, and his mother told, it, like, it turned into, it like escalated really, really quickly. And it's at one point, uh, his mother told Paul about the affair to which Paul responded by calling his mother a whore. <laughs> he was a whore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I um, am what I am, man. Big facts, big facts. <laughs> like, once upon a time, not long ago, I was, I was a, a hoe. And I'm a <laughs> <in it. laughs> Because I did it. I feel like that was by Paul's mom. Paul's mom. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Um, (laughs) After Paul graduated high school, he went on with his friends to be some type of sleazy salesman, um, and they. They like to practice their manipulative techniques on women in various locations, like bars, clubs, stuff like that. And apparently they were very successful. 
while in college at the University of Toronto is when he really started to hone in on his like dark sexual desires. He began beating up his girlfriends and humiliating them in public to get off. Oh, I was like, where is this going into a sexual desire? But yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. When Paul and Carla odd. met, that's odd. Yeah, you don't hear that a lot. What do you mean? Like them doing those things publicly to get right. Off. I um, feel like that just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I just I don't think that that's super common. I mean, I could be wrong. But I, I just, I haven't heard it a lot. I think it's a thrill, maybe. Probably. Power know. trip. The thrill. Right. Like, there's a lot of things that could definitely go into it. It's just. Right. So when Paul and Carla met in October of 1987, they were instantly attracted to each other. Carla encouraged and applauded his sadistic sexual behavior and even encouraged um, a lot of a lot of the rapes that he went on to commit was she there was she getting okay. something out of this okay. i'm so confused you are not ready i'm so sorry take yourself down because you're not ready i'm not ready paul and carla uh were engaged by december of 1987 so they met october 1987 i was just gonna say engaged. they met what three months ago yeah they were engaged within three Next months of being up, together. 90 days 90 days straight fiance. up <laughs> Paul and Carla. Fuckers of Ontario. Hate you. So, Paul actually went on to become the Scarborough Scarborough rapist. Uh, And with each time, they actually escalated. Between uh, May of 1987 and July of 1990, Paul raped 11 different women and several attempted rapes, which the women which those women were able to escape. In September of 1990, Paul was actually brought in for questioning regarding the rapes after they had somewhere of around 130 different DNA samples from the victims and two different reports that ID Paul specifically. After about 37 DNA? 130 different DNA samples. All from Paul. Just samples that were provided from like various victims. Like, yeah. How many people did he rape at this time? Uh, 11. 11. Okay. Multiple samples. I'm assuming from... like, like, yeah. Vaginal swabs, right. anal swabs, mouth swabs. I, okay. I would maybe even I, at the I, scene too. Sure. I originally was picturing 130 different women yes oh my god not that 11 women is okay but 130 is like definitely not okay that's just a lot wow okay yeah yeah so when he was brought in after about 30 minutes of the interview paul willingly provided them with dna samples to compare to the evidence they they even asked him excuse me paul (laughs) hello hello what we good we good okay this cocky motherfucker provided his own dna to compare uh they even asked him when they brought in uh i'm sorry they even asked him why they thought he was brought in and he just chuckles and is like well yeah i guess i i somewhat resemble the composite that was given by the victims 
bruh they the composite looks just like him like it looks like a fucking drawing of paul motherfucking bernardo like you're not fooling anyone okay so like police at this point police are like no this this guy is too educated and nicely dressed to do something like this so they release him the next day excuse me mm-hmm. excuse me they they release him the next day i just want to make a psa from from the court of amanda from the court of amanda there's no such thing as too educated too nicely dressed too polite too many teeth i don't know to not be. enough teeth not enough yeah nice teeth. there's there's no such thing none of those things are disqualifiers Ted Bundy who he was a handsome motherfucker like like none of those things are like literally who did I do last uh what's his face uh Robert what's his face Peterson no that was Hansen. Peterson. Robert Hansen my last SK case they kept letting him go because they were like he's a family man he has a bakery mm-hmm. okay he has a stutter and... what no Stop. Stop. Okay. Okay, but that that movie though about him, Frozen Ground, was so good. I really enjoyed. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it's a good movie. It keeps showing up on my Netflix now. (laughs) From here, Paul decides to move from the Scarborough area to St. Catharines to be close to Carla, and the rapes. Oh yes. Did he did he become the St. Catharines rapist? So, no. Okay. So, the rapes in the Scarborough area completely stop, obviously, because oh. he's no longer there. Crazy. Um, but, of course, he can't help himself. And he ends up committing his 12th rape in St. Catharines on an extremely young girl, only 14 at the time, in the early morning, excuse me, in the early morning hours, which was totally unlike the others. Um, the others ended up being, like, middle of the night type like walking home from a friend's house type thing so um by the time paul moves to saint catherine's he is spending a lot of times with a homolka family who was very very fond of him uh nobody knew that paul had lost his accounting job and that his new job was actually smuggling cigarettes across the u.s canadian border (laughs) (laughs) like of all things smuggle cigarettes here I got cancer. <laughs> so at least he wasn't smuggling humans, I guess. Or... This is true. This is true. There's other things that could have been probably worse. It could have been worse for sure. Something I wanted to note though was like that I meant I meant to mention earlier is that they're often uh, referred to as the Ken and Barbie killers because they're actually pretty a pretty good looking couple. Like they're. I mean, not that, like, saying, like, oh, these other people are ugly, but, like, it's just, it's one of those, the one of those things, again, that at this time, like, people did not expect them to be involved in with what they were involved in. You know what I mean? hmm So, while Paul and Carla are engaged, he was actually always flirting with her younger sister, Tammy. Eventually, Paul became rather obsessed with Tammy, even sneaking into her room to masturbate while she slept. Wow, they're a lot better looking than I thought they were going to be. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're, they're not to give them any, any credit whatsoever because they're disgusting garbage people, but they're, they're pretty good looking. 
I mean, they're super 80s and 90s. Super 80s, and I love it. Um, I'm so here for it. For some reason, he reminds me of um, Luca from Don't F With Cats. Okay, okay. In Don't, I was going to mention Don't Fuck With Cats because Luca Magnata actually mentions Carla Homolka. Yes, that's where mm-hmm. I know that came from. Yep, because she's like, he's like, oh my god, everybody thinks I'm dating Carla Homolka. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which they weren't. Uh, I don't think that they were, but they he were. just he likes the clout. That guy liked the clout. So that's if you've heard of her, that's probably where it's from. Because that's don't fuck with, don't fuck with cats was a good. Mm-hmm. It's a good documentary. Anyways. So Carla was completely in on this obsession um, and even broke the blinds to Tammy's room to allow him access to Tammy. Carla even promised her sister's virginity to Paul as a wedding gift. I'm sorry. It's fucking gross. On July 24th, 1990, Carla laced Tammy's dinner with Valium that she had stolen from the vet clinic that she worked at. Um, when Tammy became unconscious, Paul raped her while Carla watched. And then on December 23rd, 1990, Carla offered Tammy again to Paul as a Christmas present. This time, she drugged Tammy with sleeping pills in a rum and eggnog cocktail. When she was unconscious, Carla placed a halothane-soaked rug over, or soaked rag, rather, over Tammy's nose and mouth. Now, I want to... I, I, what, what was this, did the sister not know anything was happening, or... Well, she was, she was drugged, I mean... Yeah, but it sounds like he's a sexual sadist, or very, very, um rough let's put it that way rough yeah so i am imagining when she woke up from being drugged one she would feel like she was drugged and two might like feel some discomfort maybe in some areas that um it's possible but i mean i'm sure that maybe after the first time she Maybe questioned it, but I mean, I don't think that you ever think that your sister's going to allow something like that to happen to you. I mean, I'm saying right today in today's, in today's world, I probably, I question everything, but back in the nineties, early nineties, late eighties, like I, I doubt that she would ever think that her sister would do something like, or allow something like this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, yeah. So Carla placed a halothane soaked rag over Tammy's nose and mouth, in which was so bad, eventually it caused burns on her face. How old was Tammy? Was she of age? Like, was she at least of age? So, uh, at this time, the age of consent in the area was 14. So. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, 14. So at the time of this, um, Tammy was 15 years old. Awesome. Um, While Carla and Tammy's parents were sleeping upstairs, the pair began videotaping themselves raping Tammy while she was unconscious. 
both both of them let's put that out there both of them raped her so not our not only are they rapists but they're but uh, carla's an incestuous rapist and a pedophile i mean technically for us it's a pedophile but like at the time like i said the age of consent is 14 i mean not that necessarily there's no consent but like um the legal age if you will was 14 so wouldn't that still be pedophilia though no i don't i don't think so that's a good question i mean either way it's pedophilia to me there's a fucking they're fucking pedophiles like just put that out there i'm curious yeah i'm not too sure I'm i'm not too sure because i know that things uh are and were very different in canada so sure um so while they're while they're doing their nasty little fucking incestuous thing to tammy tammy began to vomit and ended up aspirating on her vomit they tried to revive her but were unsuccessful and they dialed 911 and hid all the evidence they so they hid all the evidence, redressed Tammy, and moved her into her bedroom. Just a few hours later, Tammy was pronounced dead. Now, open that picture that I sent to you. I'm not going to post this picture. If you want to Google this picture, you can. This is how Tammy was found. Uh, and you can see the burn from the halothane on her on her face. She's such a baby. She's little. And the picture that I have of her, she was so so cute she's a baby so even with paul and carla doing laundry and random house chores in the middle of the night and a nasty chemical burn on tammy's face the medical examiner determined her death to be an accident and the family never questioned the pair's story of events so after this Carla and Paul moved out of the family home into a place of their own to, quote, give the family space to grieve. But clearly, Carla was not at all upset about her sister's death as she and Paul ended up recording themselves having sex while Carla was dressed as Tammy in in Tammy's clothes. What? Yeah. Shortly after they moved in January, Paul abducted another girl and took her back to the house where he raped her while Carla watched. After this, they, they they then dropped her off on a deserted road um, and later referred to her only as the January girl. A few months later in April, he creeped out from some bushes and attacked and raped a girl, another girl, and made her take off, of all, take off all of her clothes and wait five minutes to allow him to escape. Like, it was so random. So, like essentially after what happened to tammy he's trying to still get his kicks off by doing whatever the fuck he's doing wait so he didn't rape her or anything he just made her strip no he raped her he attacked and raped her and then was like give me five minutes and then like do your thing yeah it's gross and wait was uh carla there for these uh carla was there for the january girl um I don't believe he was, he was, she was present at the, at the girl in April. Sure. The April the girl? The April girl. I don't know. Mm-hmm. On June 15th, 1991, Paul was driving through a neighborhood and noticed uh, a girl, Leslie Mahaffey. I'm going to, Mahaffey? I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but she was outside. Leslie was 14 years old, um, only a few weeks. This was only a few weeks before her 15th birthday. 
she was said to have been very close with her family, but once she turned 14, she became rather rebellious and would run away from home. Although she was a rebel, her parents did say that she is always called back home to let them know that she was okay. It's also important to note that, like many kids her age, Leslie wore braces. So, June 14th, Leslie attended the wake of her friend who had died in a car accident earlier that week. Um, After the wake, Leslie and a group of friends decided to meet up and, and drink just to be with each other and console each other. Around 2 a.m., some of the friends walked her home where the side door to her house was locked. Um, and she was just like, well, no, it's fine. I'm, the front door should be unlocked. It'll be fine. So her friends from there, her friends leave. Um, and she finds that the front door is locked as well. Now, I want to mention that I, I couldn't, I was trying to find this somewhere, but I couldn't find a source. Part of me, I, I, I feel like I heard this in maybe Morbid's, Morbid's podcast, their covering of this case. Um, I'm, I feel like there was something about that her parents teach. Shout out. Hey, Morbid. Like, let's be friends. Let's be friends. I don't live that far from you. This is true. Um, anyway, so they said that, I again, I couldn't find this anywhere, but I want to say that I heard it in their podcast. They mentioned that, that Leslie's parents had been having this issue of her breaking her curfew so at some point they just locked the door Uh, i'm sorry i do not want to shame any victim's family or anything like that however if my child is breaking curfew and they're not there and they do not have a key i would not lock them out okay but this is 2020 and this is happening in 1990, which is a totally different world. Like, not I'm not saying that it's okay that they locked her kid out, but I'm also saying that they lived in a totally different time where, yeah, something really bad happened to her, but it didn't always happen. It wasn't as common as it is now. Sure, 100%. I still don't think I would. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I'm saying this I now. I still want them. I want them home. To come home. Yeah, right? I don't. And I don't know. Again, I don't know that that was the case but I vaguely remember hearing something around that so and once again I'm not trying to shame them or like put blame on them however I'm just saying as a mother I do not believe I would do that whether it was also you're two minutes past your curfew curfew my ass is coming to find you sorry (laughs) I'm already stalking your location (laughs) (laughs) yeah so from here Leslie walks to or she decides to walk to a nearby shopping center to use a payphone to call one of her friends to ask to stay the night. But her friend says, her friend's like, no. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll just go home and wake my mom up to let me in. Like, I'm sure typical 14-year-old drama, like, fine, I'll wake my mom up. Like, <sighs> like girl, just wake your mom up and said, I'd rather my kids wake me up than be dead, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, but it's in this parking lot that she's approached by Paul, who tells her that he's looking to break into a neighbor's house. And he, and she was just like, okay, whatever. Do you have a cigarette? And he, Paul's like, yeah, but it's back in my car. You have to come with me. Oh. So she's, she decides to follow him back to his car. Uh, as they're almost there, Paul then attacks her with a, like a t-shirt to blindfold her. 
um, and forces her into the car and brought her back to Giancarlo's home. From here, they turn the video camera on. I have a question. Were they married at this point? No. They were not married. No. Okay. No. Um, They were just engaged. So from here, they turned the video camera on and began to torture and rape her. In the footage at one point, Bernardo said, you're doing a good job, Leslie, a damn good job. The next two hours are going to determine what I do to you. Right now, you're scoring perfect. The torture continued for what investigators believe to have been around 24 hours. Um, At one point in the recording, Leslie mentions that her blindfold is slipping. And this is the point where many believe that this set her death in stone because it's this entire time she's been blindfolded um because now if she were to be set free she could have identified them so she told them like hey, hey my blindfold's coming off yeah something, something about like oh it's falling off like this i don't yeah i don't i didn't listen to the recording so yeah that's my guess so uh, Carla claims that Paul strangled her to death, but Paul claims that Carla drugged her to death with the stolen drugs from the vet clinic. Either way, she died, and they put her body in their basement. Later this same day, they had Carla's family over for dinner. Oh my god. Wait, so did they, did she not get an autopsy done? Well, that hold on, we hold don't on. Know? Hold on, hold on, just wait, just wait. <laughs> I know it is said that uh while her parents were over for dinner Carla made specific efforts to keep her mother from going downstairs naturally I mean like there's a dead sure (laughs) um once the family left the pair went back downstairs and began began dismembering Leslie's body with Paul's grandfather's circular saw and then proceeded to encase each piece in cement and it is said that he actually went to the hardware store to purchase like several bags of cement and ended up keeping the receipts, which did not help his, his case at all. Like, just fucking throw the receipt, I, throw it out. Like, I don't need it. Back then, they kept check registries, so you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. There's no internet banking. Right, 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 right. They probably didn't even have debit cards yet. I don't know maybe not um so after they encase each each uh, piece in cement they would then make several trips to Lake Gibson which is about 11 miles away from their home one of the blocks I assume maybe her head I'm not too sure just based on information um one of the blocks ended up being too heavy that when they threw it in it sat rather close to the shoreline on June 29th, 1991, Carla and Paul were married. This same day, the same day of their wedding, which the- Were they still wearing their tux and their wedding dress? Hold on. The same day, that, that large block of cement that they didn't ensure was sunken was actually found. I read one source that said that it was found by a fisherman and his son. I found another one that said it was found by like a couple canoeing. Either way, it was found and don't say that we're going kayaking tomorrow what if you find a body body? right that'd be be an interesting trip 
I hope we don't. I hope you don't. I hope that nobody's dead in there, but like. Think about how good the podcast I'm saying. Would be. I'm saying. So, um, they did identify Leslie's body by orthodontic re- records. Sounds like it'd be her head. Th- that's my guess. Anyways, on mm-hmm. March 29th, 1992, Paul stalked and videotaped two sisters from his car. The sisters, the sisters took down the license plate number and reported him to police, but it turned out that the the girls took down the wrong plate number, and the case never went anywhere and was totally mishandled by the police. I do want to say that's almost a great day because I was born March 30th of that year. So great day, know. great day. We love it. We love it when Not, you're born. I mean, yeah. Um, oh, that really sucks that they went yeah. the wrong number. So, so on April 16th, 1992, Paul and Carla were driving around looking for potential victims when they were passing a Catholic uh, high school when they spotted Kristen French. Now, I didn't find too much information about Kristen, like her background or like what she was doing or what have you. So I don't have as much as I did, or at least a similar amount that I did to, to Leslie. So sorry about that. So yeah, so they, they were passing by the, house, the Catholic high school and they spotted Kristen. The pair pulled into the parking lot of the church and Carla got out of the car um, with a map in hand and approached Kristen pretending to ask for directions. While they're both like looking at, yeah, while they're both looking at the map, Paul attacked Kristen from behind and forced her into the car. Kristen was said to be uh, very strict with her like personal schedule. Uh, She needed to be home as soon as possible every day to tend to her dog um, and his needs. So when she wasn't home within 15 minutes of when she should have been home, her parents began to panic and were sure that she had been met with foul play. Within 24 hours of her going missing, the police were in action. They were canvassing the area, conducting interviews, more specifically interviews with people who had witnessed the abduction from multiple different angles. That's what I was going to ask you. Is like she was leaving right. school. They got real fucking brave. Super sound like she would be alone. Right. Yeah. That's... Um. Uh. Also, one of Kristen's shoes was found in the parking lot of where she was abducted, which played a big role in the I guess the determination that she was met with foul play and didn't just like run away so question um do do all of these girls look like Tammy um do we know what I they look like of them. no they're just they're just pretty young girls like it, yeah just, no that's a great question as to why like she was taken yeah I just I think it was a mutual liking was... between these two sick fucks. Yeah, okay. that's my guess. Yeah. And, uh, I guess I was just curious because she was dressing as Tammy and like all these other things, so I didn't know if they were like trying to reenact. Honestly, but... my best guess with that that part of it is that uh, Carla was trying to keep spice like, things well, up. Yeah, but like keep the sexual interest in her rather than her sister, and that had just had to mm-hmm. have been the most recent. One. That's my guess, anyways. Sure. I, I obviously don't know. Um, hmm. So, if only I had a sister to dress as. Uh, I, I have sisters to dress as, but I, we all kind of dress the same. So, I, I am me. She hmm. is she. 
Except when I <laughs> pretend. When we switch, she don't know yeah. which is which. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> really has. Uh, Today's episode of True Life TikTok. Ruined. Straight up, seriously. Um, so over the next three yeah. days following her abduction, Kristen was videotaped as she was raped, sodomized, and tortured by Carla and Paul. Kristen was forced to drink large amounts of alcohol so as to continue to be submissive to Paul. Investigators oh. claimed that they that they believe that the pair never intended for Kristen to live as she was the one that could easily identify the two of them um, since she was never blindfolded. Now back to this. On April 18th, Paul left Carla at the house with Kristen to watch her while he went to grab dinner for them. Uh, when he was out, he was actually spotted by Kelly Patricks, which was one of those sisters that he had stalked the month before, who immediately recognized him and tried to follow him back to his home. She ended up getting Yes, I Kelly. I she honestly, you. she's the star of this show. Let's just put that out here. Because honestly, go, I feel girl. like if it weren't for her, they could have done this for so much longer. I don't know. Maybe not, but I just feel like it's important. We're going to go, gonna with, go it. with it. Kelly she is a star. Is star. Um, so she then tried to follow him back to his home. Uh, she ended up getting mixed up and lost him, but the good news was is that she had a better plate number and a better description of the guy and re-reported, re-reported him to police. Yeah, good. so... Then on April 19th, Carla and Paul murdered Kristen just before leaving to go have Easter dinner with the Homoka family. God, that's messed up. That's really messed up. So fucked up. So fucked up. But you know, if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, good. you will be you will be accepted. I told my stepmom the other day that like I don't shop because she's obsessed with home goods. Or not home goods, I'm sorry with Hobby Lobby and I'm like I won't go to, I won't go to Hobby Lobby and she was like why and I was like well because the owners were like oh no Christ will protect us from fucking COVID and I'm like you're gross so I won't shop there I won't shop at Hobby Lobby I know that's like a like mm-hmm. anti-basic white girl but I refuse you know I really want to stop eating Chick-fil-A but fucking love I I am in a dilemma every time with them because nobody else makes chicken nuggets like Chick-fil-A does. I'm always in a dilemma with it and like it is a constant conversation I have with myself. I'm glad we're on the same page with this one because they're frozen lemonade bruh. Oh game changer with their cob salad. Oh their cob salad Chick-fil-A sauce so good. Why do you gotta why do you gotta hate the gays? I, we love the gays. Why? I just we love the gays. It's fine. fine. They'll come around. The guy's gonna die soon. I'm totally sure. Fingers crossed. I didn't say that. <laughs> he's probably just a raging homophobe because he's battling with his own inner demons and things, you know? You know what I'm saying? He may not hate the gays, he may really like the gays. Right. Anyways, what do I know? I don't know. So, anyways, um, Carla claims that Paul strangled Kristen for exactly seven minutes while she stood there and watched. But she said, "I don't fucking know how she knows seven minutes." Um, Apple Watch set timer. Start stopwatch. 
But Paul claims that Carla beat Kristen with a rubber mallet as Kristen tried to escape. Uh, Why do they each keep saying the other one? I don't know. Did it? I'm confused. I don't know. But immediately after she, after uh, Kristen was dead, Carla went to fix her hair. And honestly, like I, and this is my own personal speculation. I feel like I believe Paul in that that Carla had a way more um, involved piece in everything here, everything involved. Um, and I, I do, I think it was a jealousy thing, honestly. Do they have special privilege in Canada? I don't like know. I have no idea. That's a really good question. I'm curious. Um, it probably was a jealousy thing. Um, it, I'm not going to go too far into that because just from what I heard from the, the documentary of Jonathan Katz is that like she was out and stuff. So I'm assuming that he took most of the fall and whatnot. Um, but I mean, obviously that's ahead of ourselves and whatnot. So I thought she was what, out. What, so. out what, what do you mean? Like, in, not in person. Oh, sh- yeah, but we'll go into that. We'll go into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess that's just my assumption that, like, that's, I guess, what I originally was thinking, but it would definitely make sense. No, no. She, she, she absolutely. Be, okay, and we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll circle back to that in a minute. So yeah. on April 30th, 1992, Kristen's nude body was found in a ditch off the highway about 45 minutes away from Carla and Paul's home. Uh, Kristen's body had been washed and a portion of her hair had been cut off. They originally thought that it was cut to be kept as some sort of trophy, but Carla later later stated that it was to throw off identification efforts. One section of her See, hair is going to throw and off And that's what I'm not sure of because I saw in, in some places it said that all of her hair was gone. No, I'm sorry. No, not all of her hair was gone. It just mentions that portion of her hair was gone but then she says that it was to throw off identification efforts so would that mean that all of her hair is gone so i'm not super clear on that did they give her a haircut to like make it not look like maybe maybe that's possible i don't know maybe gave her a bowl cut give her some no bring her to the banking not the bang no i hate it here um, no one will ever recognize the banging with some bang in the banging. Um, on uh, May 12th, 1992, police interviewed Paul per the new information from the sisters that he stalked. At the time, the officers decided that he probably wasn't the right guy based on his demeanor, even though he had been, or he had, he brought up that he had been questioned in the Scarborough rapist case. So let me translate that for everyone. White privilege. He's an ed- educated white male. So he was right. A exactly. Suspect. Precisely. Okay. On right. May 15th, they assigned a new task force to investigate Les- Leslie and Kristen's murder. Murders. So they linked them. Yes, they did. They did end up linking them. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't know if it had to do with uh, DNA. Like, it matched the profile, but, like, the the DNA evidence... This is my... Again, this is totally speculation. I have no idea. My guess on how they linked that, because they weren't exactly 
killed in the same way um, that we know of anyways. Um, and I don't know if it was maybe I a smaller area so they linked them. I don't know how they would do that with DNA. Like thinking of like the DNA technology they had in the early 90s. If um, Leslie was the first mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. If Leslie's only her head was found, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how much DNA would necessarily be able to be recovered after she was in water and right. concrete and other things like that. Well, from, um, and I actually forgot to mention this because I read somewhere that he had actually encased the body parts in bags and then in cement. So that could, oh. that could maybe make a difference that was dumb on i know part. i know that could preserve some and stuff, that's probably. that's my thought so i don't I know. know like they can't exactly I, and i don't know if they can pull like the dna profiles and like from the perpetrator themselves and then like compare uh-huh. the two I, I don't even know if that's possible but that's sure. just kind of like where my brain's going sure I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't want to speak about the technology that was then. And I don't know what no, was what could have what could have even been done at the time. So, I was a month old. I doubt it would be able to be possible, but somehow I mean, they linked the two. Yeah. So that's good. No, that's great. I was just yeah. Cool. <laughs> so after this, a, a close friend of Paul later reported him as a possible murder suspect based on info oh, put okay. out by police from the investigation into the sense. deaths of Leslie and Kristen. On December of 1992, the DNA that Paul provided them t- two years earlier, when he was questioned regarding the rape case, finally came back and was determined to be a match from uh, from the rape cases. Yeah, it only took I know, years. seriously, and cost three lives in this time. Um, Three very young lives. What? Very yeah. young, young yeah. lives. Not that any life is... Right. So, um, from here, they decide to place Paul under a 24-hour surveillance. What? Well, and I think that they're trying to get their ducks in a row before they do anything. That's my guess. Okay. Because it doesn't take long for it to happen. Let's just put that out there. Um, December 27th, Paul beat Carla so badly with a flashlight causing bruising all over her, all over her body, her limbs, her face, everything. Um, when she, when she went to work, she claimed that it was from a bad car accident, but her coworkers didn't buy it. Um, they were super concerned. So they actually called Carla's parents and her parents then decided to come and remove her from the home. When they came to get her, she went. I love that her parents were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" You're coming <laughs> with me. Go. But I swear to God, Loris, if you ever try to come to my house, regardless, of catch why, these hands. Yo, I'm not above it. I don't. I don't blame you. Uh, Watch out, Loris. Yeah, I'm coming for you, Loris. Um, but also, like, I love that because, like, that was something. One hundred percent, as a as a parent, I'd like, be like, what? um, get the fuck in the car. And I'm going to beat some butt, man. Um, So when they did come to get her, you know, she was coming out to the house. But then all of a sudden she ran back inside frantically to look for something. And then she, like, came back out. So was it a regular occurrence that he would physically abuse her? I don't think so. I I, I really don't think so. So I don't know what happened. Um, From there, her parents take her to the hospital 
to report the abuse and she filed charges against Paul. So you killed three people, but now all of a sudden your husband beating you is a problem. You were encouraging it for right, other women to be exactly. Him, but... but no, it's not okay. So cool. police then questioned uh, Carla regarding the serial rapes since they had her in there and the murders, but she mainly wanted to focus on his abuse of her. But later that night, she actually admitted to her uncle that Paul was the Scarborough rapist and that she and Paul were involved in, involved in the deaths of Leslie and Kristen and that she had it all on tapes. So my guess is that that's what she ran back into the house to get. But I'm... Or, or incriminating, more incriminating tapes. So after after this, the police decided to reopen her sister Tammy's case, thinking that they could have been involved. On February 11th, 1993, Carla went directly to a lawyer. This lawyer, George Walker, was trying to seek full immunity for Carla for her cooperation in the case. On, yeah, on February 17th, 1993, Paul, Paul Bernardo was arrested on several charges and warrants were issued to find those tapes. When the police went into the house to get that uh, to execute the warrants, they were only able to remove certain things that the warrant permitted since the case that they had for the murders wasn't that good. And that's how warrants typically work. Um, you have to write, you have to, so you have to really write what you're looking for unless you were, so warrants aren't like open-ended typically. Right. So it, I guess it was more, more particular in this case where they were only, uh, they were only allowed to do minimal damage. Uh, they weren't allowed to remove walls to sure. look for tapes. Um, all tapes yeah. had to be re- reviewed within the house before leaving, and nothing yeah. could be taken unless specifically listed on the warrant, which I think is typical, but I don't know if that was sure. maybe different yeah. in Canada at the time. Sure. It, it also could have been, like, we're going to look here and here for these right. tapes. You know, like, it, you know, it, it could have been just, like, smaller parameters rather than, like, we are going to search the home for these specific tapes right so right. um it's definitely like wording once again canada 90s right who knows who knows also let me just say i'm not a warrants expert um i just know <laughs> i have um, an odd odd knowledge of warrants i uh so my my degree i actually had to help write some fake warrants and stuff and i've written like memorandums and stuff oh, that's and really whatnot. Cool. so like i um I have I, I have some book education on it, not obviously any um, actual tangible experience, um, but yeah. So that's just something. Anyway, enough about me. This is why I run the Court of Amanda because I write fake warrants. <laughs> I love it. Um, so the search of their home actually lasted 71 days and the only tape they were able to find was one of Carla performing oral sex on a victim. Is she alive? Not that that matters. I I believe this is one of of the victims that survived. Due to Carla's involvement in the rapes and murders, full immunity was obviously not possible. She was, however, offered a plea bargain of 12 years for manslaughter. If she did accept, if she, I'm sorry, if she did not accept, they were going to charge her with two counts of first degree murder, one count of second degree, and many others. Her lawyer obviously jumps on this immediately, and of course later she agrees. 
at this time, at the time of the offer, there was very, very, and I want to make this clear, there was very little information known about Carla's involvement in the role, or I'm sorry, her role within the murders. So this this deal would later be known as the, quote, deal with the devil. So once the the plea bargain was uh, agreed upon, Carla sang like a fucking canary. Um... She did. testified against Paul during his trial. I'm actually shocked that she um, she turned. I'm not. In. I am. I mean, like obviously she's definitely self centered, but um, like her devotion to him with doing some of these things. Yeah, but I think that once that turned on her, is when she was like, "Oh hell no! Like, I can get away with this." That's okay. my guess, anyways. Yeah. Sure. When you put it like that, like that kind of makes sense, I guess. Like, and also, she were, seems, oh, she I, comes across as a very vain woman, or at least she mm-hmm. did. I don't know how, how she. I don't know who she is now, but um, my guess probably not good no, person. I'm just no, gonna throw it she, out there. She she comes across as a very vain person, so my guess is that she was very much like upset that her her looks were were damaged. That's again just sure. a guess, but. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She probably thought about herself as, um, well, not probably. I imagine she would think about herself as like above the victims. For sure. And when when he made her a victim, I guess her um, perception of things. Right. Changed, that's a really great way to put it too. That, that that's what I would, I guess, imagine when I'm trying to think about right, it. Right. Like right. So so yeah, she did testify against Paula during his trial, saying that she or stating that he was the aggressor uh she was forced into it all where as he turned around saying that she actually was the one that killed all of them and he never intended for anybody to die which honestly again it goes back to i i actually believe paul because clearly he has he has an issue with rape again not that it's okay and he deserves to go he deserves to go away but like I'm kind of trying to to rationalize this in my mind to where he's like, I'm just trying to rape people, but this bitch out here killing people. Uh, I don't know. It sounds terrible, but that's like how it, how it's processing in my mind. Sure. Um, Yeah. So, um, but interesting to know, Paul's first lawyer withheld all of the tapes for obvious reasons. Um, so he, he, had, had he had all of the tapes. Crucial evidence. He completely withheld them. Now, prosecutors go back and said that... They don't have to show them as a defense. Um, but it's evidence that has to be presented before the trial. Canada could be different. My understanding, my understanding, which is very minimal, my understanding is the prosecution has to provide everything before the before the trial and they have to present it to the defense but since the defense is the person making like they're making their defense and trying to show their innocence they don't have to show all of their cards if they don't want to no i'm pretty sure that uh, during discovery everybody all evidence being presented within a trial has to be submitted to hold on let's look that up because now I'm curious. Yeah, because that was my understanding. My my and I, I'm sh- maybe it's different based on like state by state, but I thought the prosecution had to, to show everything, but the defense did not. 
Let's see. And again, this could totally be different in in Canada. In Canada, in the, Canada 90s, the right? 90s, like Although anything, I will you know. say that I don't think that it's different based on some information we'll go into in a minute. Um, sure. Yeah, because my understanding was that both parties had to not necessarily put their put all their cards on the table, but at least put their pieces of evidence in um, prior to trial. And like, you can't submit anything in trial that was not admitted into discovery. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I wish there was like a, so two things. I wish that there was like a black or a white yes or no answer. And if there really is not, However, I, like, I kind of figured with. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the law. Like, that's what law is. And that's why I decided not to go to law <laughs> school. Facts. Like, also, I want to go to law school again. Um, but yeah, my understanding was that, and I don't, I, I, who knows? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it, no, and I think it's a good conversation because it plays a really good, it plays a big role in this one because, um, prosecutors later say that they had they been allowed access to these tapes as they should have they would have never made that deal with with Carla because it showed her very 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 much so involvement in the cases Mm -hmm. um Paul was convicted on many charges including two first degree murder charges as well as multiple aggravated sexual assault charges and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole possibility for parole for at least 25 years although the possibility of parole there it's said that it's unlikely to ever be or that he's unlikely to ever be released due to his status of an aggravated offender on may 18th of 1993 carla homolka was charged with two counts of manslaughter the same day paul's lawyer paul's first lawyer watched the tapes and decided to keep them for himself to use against Homolka during Paul's trial. Not realizing at the time how incredibly illegal this was, the lawyer was... Not realizing at the yeah, time. A lawyer. A lawyer well, who practices law. So he was actually... It said that he was actually rather new to criminal law. Um, and eventually he did agree uh, to turn them over if they agreed to let him cross-examine Carla in the preliminary hearing, which never happened. Um, hmm. this attorney was actually later charged with obstruction of justice. Yeah. Good. Um, when the knowledge of the tapes were released to the public, uh, the public was outraged. Um, it was very much agreed that the plea agreement shouldn't have even been upheld. However, the Crown found that essentially since Carla's end of the bargain was upheld, theirs needed to be as well. Is the Crown like the court? Well, Canadian is like French, British ish. So they, they go by the crown the crown. That's like their government. Okay. Um I just wanted to note here, I don't know that this necessarily means anything. I just wrote it uh multiple girlfriends and she they moved her a couple of places. Um she had a couple of girlfriends in prison who um did not have very nice things to say about her. In June of 2005, a two-day hearing was held and was ruled Carla, upon her release on July 4th, 2005, would still pose a risk um, to the public. Um, They set forth uh, conditions to her release, um, and I'm just going to read what I found uh, on the conditions. They, she was, one, supposed to tell the police 
her home address, her work address, and everybody that she lives with. She was, um, of course, required to notify the police if anything had if her address had changed or if people she lived with changed or if she changed jobs, whatever. She was required to report if they, if she decided to change her name. Uh, she she had to report she was going to be away from her home for more than 48 hours and she had to give a 72-hour notice. She was not allowed to contact Paul Bernardo, the families of Leslie, Kristen, um, or as uh, or any related family to any of the other victims or the victims themselves she was forbidden to be with people under the age of of 16. she was forbidden from consuming drugs other than prescription medicine she they required her to continue um, therapy and she had to provide any police departments or whatever with a dna sample um after she was released, she. Yeah, I have a question, which might be a dumb question. Not super sure. She was in prison. Why do they not have her DNA? Is it weird to assume they have it? And she was like a sexual well, predator. I think and... at the time they had her fingerprints, and that was all they really needed. That's my. Sure. I mean, that's my guess anyways um because i don't think that they use dna i i could be wrong could be very wrong but i don't believe that they use dna as evidence in in these trials that's my guess but i mean i think that's a pretty pretty safe assumption that they should have had it but clearly they didn't clearly not if she was required to submit it who knows um so after carla was released she did one interview uh, she went on and on and on about uh, and crying about how she's legally served her time, but she hasn't mentally or emotionally served her time, blah, 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 blah. On November 30th, 2005, the uh, Quebec Superior Court lifted all restrictions, all of those uh, listed restrictions on her, stating that there was, quote, not enough evidence to justify them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Carla has tried a few times to change her name, but nothing was has ever been granted. Uh-huh. Good. She has since remarried and had three children. Who married her? Um, parents of, of other kids at her children's schools continue to express concerns about her being around them, being around a school. I mean, she's, again, a sexual predator. Uh, Many people were super furious still, and they wanted her location at every turn because they didn't feel safe, um, which you can't blame them. And the school boards actually eventually decided that, uh, or they kept, they continuously assured parents that they were on top of it and that they knew what was going on and blah, 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 blah. Um, but as of January of this year, she no longer lives with her husband and her children. And Paul Bernardo is still rotting in jail. 
And it's said that he has been attacked many times throughout his prison time, but good. I, I wrote, get butt raped, you fuck. <laughs> sadly, sadly. I mean, honestly, I say sadly, but I hope that he has to deal with the people in prison and the emotional and mental consequences for his actions. I mean, that'll never that'll never bring back these these girls, but mm-hmm. I feel like his death would be yeah. an easy way out for him. Yeah. However, I just hope it's a really bad and painful one hundred percent. Whenever, whenever definitely, it happens. definitely. Same with Carla. Fuck a bitch named Carla. Homoka. I. She's I literally easily the most too. hated woman in Canada. For good reason. Good. Who do you think is the most hated woman in America? Uh, right now, Lori Vallow. Ivanka. Or Ivanka, that's a good one. Uh, no, no, I would say Lori Bell. Tori, what's her face? What's her face? Tori, uh, the Fox News. Bitch. Oh, oh, that, I fucking hate that bitch. She's the oh, worst. She's horrible. I don't know her name. Tori something. I don't even want to know. Her last know. Name. Use the hoe, Tori. Use the hoe. But yeah, so. That uh, that was Serial Killer Sunday for September. Um, Ken and Barbie Killers, Carla Homoka, Paul Bernardo. Split. Splitty. Splittier than a tittier. Okay. See you later, guys. We hope you join us every Monday for our weekly episode. And as an added bonus, we've deemed the first Sunday of every month as Serial Killer Sunday. So you can look forward to an extra long episode about our favorite serial killers once a month. Go follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcast. If you want us to cover one of your favorite cases, please send over your case suggestions via email at naptimeinvestigations at gmail.com or there is a link in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining us, Carly. Bye! Bye.